Welcome to CHN Radio, episode 46. We are going to keep things upbeat for you this time. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. Um, we are going to talk about a lot of club news today. We're going to talk about a loss to West Ham today. Uh, and But, you know, we're still in a good position. And to talk about how good of a position we are, we are in, and to talk about Matt Ritchie statues in Los Angeles, California, my co-host, the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. Yes, yes. If you want to follow me, I guess you can follow me on Twitter at Elijah <laughs> underscore Newsom, but I wouldn't recommend it. My is funny, so, you know, if you're not into funny things, don't follow me. No, no, yeah, you have to, you have, you have to, you can't be serious. You can't be a serious person following Elijah. It's true. You'll just <laughs> you'll get triggered real quickly. Elijah, why is there a Matt Ritchie statue in California? Well, uh, MLS kicked off this weekend, <laughs> um, and the MLS is an interesting place because they've kicked off in March. So you know, yep. everyone else is almost done with their season, but no, not the MLS. Um, but the LA Galaxy, um, they decided to honor. The reason why Miguel Maron could even play in, in the MLS, uh, they decided to honor David Beckham, who created the designated player role, and decided to honor him in all the service he's done to the Galaxy. He was literally their best player probably ever. Um, and they, they built a statue for him. Um, the statue looks more like Matt Ritchie than it does David Beckham. It actually, it honestly doesn't look like David Beckham to me at all. Just search up this statue, just type in David Beckham statue, and you'll be like, oh, that's Matt Ritchie. It literally looks nothing like David Beckham. Yeah, it's it looks identical to Matt Ritchie. There's some like side by side pictures that I saw that was hilarious. Like, it's, I honestly don't even know how Newcastle fans discovered this. Yeah, because <laughs> like, like, because the thing was like that Galaxy yeah. match was like Our at Twitter night. Was unmatched. Yeah, it was like at night on the East Coast too. That was the thing. Was like. It wasn't like a – I don't think it was a daytime. It, it doesn't matter. It was pretty late um, in, in the U.K., and it was just people hopped on that, like, immediately. Like, once the thing was unveiled, they just hopped on that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what's, what's uh, going on in the world of Newcastle, Craig? Well, uh, there's some, some housekeeping that I'd like to get to before oh, okay. we get started. So thank, thank you guys for all of your support. Um, there are some new five-star reviews that came in, so I wanted to – to talk about that, you can easily go on wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, it's I, we keep mentioning it because it is important. One, it you know makes us happy. Two, it makes SB Nation happy. And three, it gets the, our podcast out to more people. Um, so we had a few. I just want to read two that popped up. Um, one from a podcast legend, Matt Rawson. He said, uh, five-star review. Thanks, Matt. He said, great pod for Toon fans. 
He said, love listening to these guys and their genuine love for Newcastle. As someone from the area, that's not easy to do these days. So <laughs> with a smiley face. So thanks, Matt. And then by Squilliam underscore Fancy Son. Great name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He said, five stars, the go-to source for all things Newcastle United. He said, Greg and Elijah do a fantastic job of rounding up all the news related to Newcastle United. They provide great insight and have interesting opinions. They also have some ter- terrific guests on the podcast, such as Warren Barton. Warren! Uh, this yeah. is definitely the podcast to pay attention to if you follow Newcastle United, especially if you're in America. Oh, if he thinks we have some interesting opinions, just go to listen to any episode. If you're, if you're interested in listening to all of our episodes and like a description of each one of them, um, obviously you can use whatever podcast platform. If you want like a written out paragraph version, you can go to our website, comingonnewcastle.com. Yeah. And just go to any episode where Brian's featured, and that is that is an interesting <laughs> opinion. Just yeah, we'll just keep it at that. Brian, yeah, the very sure. first pod. This is our first pod ever. Season preview. Brian goes. We'll finish sixth. <laughs> that was an actual opinion. That's Brian how it had. started. <laughs> that's how that's how this podcast was birthed by Brian yeah. Nelson saying, uh, "We're finishing sixth. Yeah. Um, he was way off. I said. I think I said fourteenth. So I'm pretty spot on. Yeah, I, I know. I know we have we had an article pop up where we said that we would finish. I think I was. I think me and you were the same there. Yeah, I think a lot of like a, half our staff said like somewhere between 13 and 15. Yeah, which yeah, makes sense. I think well, everyone thought last year was insane. So yeah, um, definitely reach out to wherever you listen to. Hit five stars for us. It it means a lot more than you could ever imagine and thank you to the people that have done it already and those of you that have not i understand that time is uh of the essence but it literally only takes eight seconds and you don't have to like have a username or anything you just go to our podcast and click five stars you don't even have to write anything if you don't want to but that also helps the more blurbs that we get the more it moves up in the search rankings and all that fun stuff all right let's move on so the first bit of news um, which we might talk the most about is Mike Ashley taking Newcastle off the market. Um, so the initial report that I read that was that he was taking it off the market, but really what it sounds like is that he's just pulling the plug on Peter Kenyon. Um, what do you, what have you heard so far about all of this nonsense? I mean, I think over the past couple of weeks, there's been speculation based on the moves that Mike Ashley's made that the club was not as for sale as it was in the past. And I, and I think it's more like what you were saying, where he's kind of breaking down talks with Peter, Peter Kenyon. Um, I, I genuinely think that if Mike Ashley wants to sell the club and there's going to be a legitimate offer and straight up cash for his asking price, he would sell the club in a heartbeat. I think yeah. what I've heard that's a little bit more, you know, disconcerting is that he believes given like the position that Newcastle were in going into the weekend, that the price for the club has gone up. Um, so I don't really know what that logic, how that works because we're still not in 10th, which is what we were when he's trying to sell the club in the summer. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think he's <laughs> maybe he's basing it on form like, Oh, well we won two in a row. So I'm going to, yeah, so yeah, it's 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 not a stock. <laughs> you don't just it doesn't fluctuate. You set a price, and uh, but yeah, no, it's really interesting because there, there's a lot of just weird stuff 
surrounding the finances in Newcastle. And it's just like, it's very interesting. I just, I want, I think I just want like the truth to come out. I want to know yeah. like, why did we need to take out a loan to buy McGon Road when we literally were due a 50 million pound payment? Like, two days before we made that purchase like there's just a lot that i want to know and i think it's really i think i think i've become more and more aware as i've been writing 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 more about it of like how messed up the financial situation with newcastle is and how likely and i used to think fans were just like taking the piss and like just saying it because it was convenient but now it legitimately looks like mike ashley's probably taking money from Newcastle and using it to acquire other assets. I mean, it was hard yeah, to prove in the another, past. There's another but, asset that Sports Direct is apparently buying. Yeah, and that's the thing is like like Sports Direct's numbers are down, but he's still like like their 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 stock has taken a hit over this year just due yeah. to a lot of things, and he's still acquiring more and more businesses that are all failing businesses, all for a decent amount of money, and all for like it's they're all around in that like weird fifty million pound or less kind of range, which is what the, the Premier League payments are. They're like 56 million pounds each or something. It's weird. I don't know. It's it's very odd. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if I had if, if if I was Chris Holt, I would look into it. But I'm not yeah. Chris Holt, so that's uh, his the, thing. The Chronicle wrote up something, I think, that pretty much like a TLDR of what you said. Um, said that although why, while Kenyon, along with other U.S.-backed group led by Gary Cook are now considered out of the running. Ashley is still open offers and the club has not necessarily been taken off the market. However, fans still want clarification on the future and the general consensus on Tyneside is that there are some big questions to be answered by the powers that be. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it, it's interesting. Um, I think until we talked to Warren a lot, I really didn't realize how, how much of the culture um, that Mike Ashley has created in Newcastle, like how, how much that affects everything from, you know, their presence on social media, you can kind of understand that. But just like to simple things like, you know, their dealings with former players, they aren't really great at talking to former players. And it's, it's a symptom of a guy who doesn't really care all that much about the club and cares more about the profit margins. And I don't know, it, it's, it's becoming more and more obvious. Maybe I'm a little late to the party, but it's, yeah. a little, it's becoming more and more obvious. So this next bit is from the Sunday Mirror. Uh, it's yet to be confirmed by Newcastle, but I'll read the blurb here. Um, it says, Manchester City have agreed to take part in this summer's Asian Premier League trophy as they look to expand their international appeal. The biennial tournament is held in Shanghai this year and has come at a time when the reigning champion city have recently purchased a Chinese club, Shizhuan Jinyu. They will compete in July against Wolves, West Ham, and Newcastle for a trophy currently held by Liverpool, who won it in Hong Kong two years ago. Oh, that's um, interesting. I didn't realize that man's, that the city group, I guess, is what they are. I didn't realize yeah. they bought another club. Yeah, so now they own NYC FC and Shizuan Jin, Jin, uh, Junyu. Oh, no, they own a lot. They own more than that. Oh, that's only two. I, I only know of of nycfc yeah they own they own like here it is they own um manchester city man city women new york city fc melbourne city fc yakahoma f marinos club atletico torque and then oh, wow. Girona. i didn't know they own Girona too and then, oh yeah i did knew i knew about Girona. 
And then the so half of their loanies are in Girona right now. <laughs> yeah, Sichuan, Jinyu. Yeah. But yeah, dude, um, that's crazy. They own so a, many. <laughs> quick little fun fact. So uh, Newcastle actually participated in the inaugural inaugural event of the Asian Premier League trophy back in 2003. It was staged in Kuala Lumpur, and it was between Newcastle, Chelsea, and Birmingham, Birmingham City, and then a local uh, Malaysian side. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Fun fact. Um, yeah. So Rafa has been known to have a strong dislike for long-haul preseason tours. Um, how do you think... I mean, is this a good thing? Is this bad? I mean, it depends on how you look at it. Um, for me, I know you and I have different opinions. For me, um, I think it makes sense for Newcastle, a club who don't really like – I wouldn't say Newcastle's the best at planning things. <laughs> um, and so know, this is kind I, of a – Keep adding it, to the list of things that we aren't doing well because of someone. Yeah. Um, and so this is another case where it's like – they kind of just walk into a tournament and get money regardless, which is, I mean, at the end of the day, we kind of know that's Newcastle's MO is like profit. So this tournament, there's literally no loss. Like in these tournaments like this, usually your travel's covered um, and, you know, you get paid a certain fee for just appearing. Um, and you, I think you get like a cut of the ticket prices, the, the tickets sold for that match as well. Um, but you, you get paid to, to do these terms and the better you do, the more money you, you make. So, I mean, I don't really care how well Newcastle does in the tournament. I mean, as long as there's getting bodies, as long as, long as bodies are, are, are playing. And um, I, that's all I really care about. But to, to your point about Rafa and the long travel, I mean, I guess this would be one trip over the course of two weeks in China, which China is a travel-heavy country. But the alternative, America, also very travel-heavy country. And it, at least with this one, it's all taking place in one city. Yeah, it's in Shanghai. That's it. Yeah. So it's not really like a – like it's not as drastic as, you know, reports are making it to be. Or Rafa doesn't like long haul. But this is literally two flights. One yeah. flight there, one flight back. Um, so, but yeah, I know you had a and point. And against good competition. Yeah, very quality competition. So, yeah, so I went uh, – so I think – so I, I did have a differing opinion, and then you stumped it by saying one sentence pretty late into the back and forth. Yeah, um, I, I, I forgot about, about it. but Yeah, I completely, for, I completely forgot. But, you know, I wanted Newcastle to take advantage of a USA tour because they're – I mean, literally, Atlanta is picking up Newcastle United. That's the thing that's happening. Um, yeah, it's actually insane. And, it, and it'd be, <laughs> it would be so beneficial, especially long-term, to immediately schedule a U.S. tour to like do a Southeast tour, you can do Orlando, Miami, um, you can even do Charleston and Atlanta, North Carolina. I mean, all, and if you, you include Atlanta. USL teams, then literally the possibilities are endless. Yeah, like you can do the whole Southeast and then end it or start it in Atlanta. Um, do some open Atlanta. training sessions. Do a match at the Benz or at uh, Fifth Third in Kennesaw. And then, I mean, it would be huge, and it would be very good for the club long-term. And you'd have a huge, like, southeast support base that most clubs can't say they have. It's true. Like, um, but, and that's why I wanted them to go there. And, you know, Elijah was telling me, well, the money, I was like, well, like, the money is, I was thinking, you know, long-term, the money's probably more if you go to the U.S. But then we remembered it's the Gold Cup this summer. 
which is probably why it's pretty impossible to schedule anything because half of every MLS side is playing in that Gold Cup. So yeah. no team will be available to play this summer for friendlies, uh, which usually happen in other years. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly why they probably didn't do it because yeah. there's not going to be people available to play. So, And I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Newcastle to do a U.S. tour. They're due for it pretty soon. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it makes sense. Like you said, it makes sense dude in the Southeast. And there's some American guys who work in Newcastle. I'm sure that they know, um, like who work for the club. And I'm sure that they know like the importance of, uh, of that Southeast market and the Chronicle are just like, just like obsessed with um, tweeting out pictures of Atlanta fans uh, yeah. at matches or watching it at bars yeah, Newcastle um, Fans TV posted a video of um, Atlanta United Fans TV and Roberto Rojas today. <laughs> yeah. There was just uh, eight minutes of those three guys just talking about the same thing that everyone's talked about, to be honest. Yeah. So we love you, <laughs> Roberto. But it's – I think I'm now I'm at the point of, like, I'm really tired of talking about Atlanta and Newcastle fans. But speaking of that, we'll have a piece over at our, our – <laughs> Sister site. Uh, no, we're going to talk about it a lot more. <laughs> yeah, and we'll have a piece over, you know, just introducing people to the clubs. Uh, Brian and I co-wrote it. It should be fun. I mean, it is fun. It's already done. Um, but, yeah, that's that's that. But, yeah, uh, like Greg said, it's. I think the a Southeast tour is ideal for Newcastle. Will they do it? Maybe. Um, it would make a lot of money, um, probably. Um with just the Atlanta game alone, you could probably make a fair bit of cash. You have to pay for travel. You have to pay for other expenses, but um, there's a decent chance that you could actually draw a good amount of people there. Um, Especially in like markets like Orlando, where um, Orlando city and the Orlando magic really cater heavily to um, selling experiences. um, Like your first NBA game, your first MLS game to, uh, to, tourists at, who are going to Disney. So they'll just package it in. So you could possibly see an increase in ticket sales for people who are like, Oh, I've never seen a premier league team play, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the same thing goes with Miami where we've seen Miami is a market that is ready for soccer. They've proven in the past with the international oh, yeah. champions cup. They they've done pretty well in terms of attendance there. So it makes sense. Um, and you got some cities like Birmingham and Charleston with USL teams where it just be interesting. Um, but yeah, that it, it should be something. What else is going on? All right, so uh, I, I wrote about this on our website, uh, Coming Home Newcastle, a little while ago that Diame was due for a year extension. So he has one more appearance, and he has a year extension. It's put in his contract. But Diame wants two years. Um, he thinks, and he wants to stay at Newcastle, so I guess that's a good thing. But this is the quote um, from Diame. He said, the club know my position, and that is it. I've I've been playing a lot this season, so it will not be a problem to find another team, but they know I want to stay. Um, that was his quote on it. So, I mean, I I could – I mean, he's a good depth addition right, right now. Yeah. Um, and I mean, honestly, like, and we'll get into it, but he had a pretty good 45 minutes on Saturday. So, I don't know. Do you, want, mean, do you want Diame to stay? Sure, I don't mind it. I mean, okay. I think he's a good yeah. veteran to have. Um, he brings the right mentality. He's always – like, I mean, I think there was a one situation 
where he and I think it was was it Jamal LaSalle's and him got into it or was it Matt Ritchie? Yeah. It was, it? it was LaSalle's. Yeah, they got into it about working hard, and then since then he's put in a shift and works hard every match. And, you know, he brings a proper mentality, and he's a good guy to have around, especially as hopefully Newcastle either begins to farm younger players or bring in younger players. Um, you know, being linked to Joel Linton, even though I don't think it's happening, is much more promising than being linked to Bas Dost, who is 30. Um, <laughs> I'd rather be linked to the 22-year-old Brazilian than the 30-year-old uh, what is he, German? I guess Bastos is German. Um, uh, yeah, he might uh, not be, actually. Austrian or something. Yeah, it, it's definitely something of that region. But anyway, yeah. uh, Central Europe. I think this is a situation where, like, they're, they're trying to get a deal done now. Um, and, you know, more more power to you. But I think Diame knows the club as well as we, we do. And they're not really quick about anything. So, um I mean, I think that they'll trigger the automatic extension and then try to do a year-long extension um, after, you know, like in the summer, you know? Bastos is from Netherlands. Interesting. But yes, yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, that, that I mean, like, it, that just makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think that if you – because especially because if you're looking at it from a club perspective, if you renegotiate that two-year deal right now, then you have to – you'll probably, you know, have to renegotiate the salary, which could work in your favor, and you could – get them, you know, here for cheaper. Um, or you could, or it could not work in your favor and you have to pay him more money than he's probably worth. And so if you're going to do that, at least do it for only one year. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I wouldn't mind getting him on for two years. Sure. Retire at the club. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Next bit of news is Solomon Rondon loves Newcastle United. He loves the tune. Um, so he pretty much, he revealed himself that he made it pretty clear to Newcastle and to his agent that he wants to play for Newcastle long-term. He wants the loan deal to become permanent, and he, he's already moved his family to Newcastle. We reported that a few months ago. So he's, like, full in, and uh, he's to he told the Chronicle, he said, they know what I want and what my family want. I've spoken with them, and I made it clear. If there's an opportunity for me to be here, I'll stay here 100%. I mean, that's – yeah. You gotta do it. You gotta get the deal done. That, yeah, I will say that's that's super ballsy. Just moving your family to Newcastle when on a loan. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're on a loan. Um, it's it's kind of like if uh like like if you're if you're if you got like insider trading information and you're yeah. like you're expecting it to hit and you're expecting to make a ton of money, so you just make a bunch of lavish purchases and you're just like just hoping that whatever your information is is right and and then you know maybe it happens and maybe it doesn't, but it's just. Super ballsy, moving your entire family to Newcastle. So, uh, fair play. Rafa hasn't even done that. Let's just point that out. The manager doesn't live in Newcastle. Nope. No, he doesn't. So, yeah. Um, cool. Good for Rondon. I'd like to see him around. I don't know, I don't know what long-term means. Uh, he's, what, 28, 29? Um, so. Yeah, start with three, deal, three years and then no, yeah, have, three a, years have, a, have an option from there to add on two years or something like that. If, if Rondon's going to be here permanently, I would still – rather also bring in a young forward as well because i mean hustle is obviously not it um Joel and <laughs> yeah i mean jolinton would be great that would be um, honestly that would be super ideal yeah that would be <laughs> insane um the only issue with jolinton is there's going to be a ton of pressure for him to perform as a goal scorer and it's like you know there's a high chance he doesn't even beat rondon out of his starting spot um or we change i don't know it, that's that's a whole nother mixed bag that we'll talk about when there's like no newcastle news um, but anyway, yeah, 
So, I, I mean, I want to see it get done. I especially, I really, really want to see the Dwight Gale Rondon swap plus six million pounds happen. Oh, yeah. I that was going to mention that. Highway robbery. Yep. <laughs> it's just like, do that deal 100%. But yeah. yeah do it. Um, next thing. Congrats, Atom Ben Sherfa. You've won goal of the month. Yeah. Oh, boy, was it a goal? It was. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just replay, like when I wake up in the morning, I just want to like get the audio of the ball hitting the post oh. and just like, and the crowd roar after that. That's how I want to wake up every morning. That, I mean, that, that's how I want to wake up now. Yeah. I'm, I'm not asleep though. That didn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, next thing. <laughs> But, so, I mean, but to be fair, he, he got 32% of the vote, and he beat out Sané, Salah, and Aguero twice. So, yeah, uh, shout out to him. Beat out actual strikers. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Now this is where we get a little somber. My sweet prince, Sean Longstaff, didn't have a great day on Saturday. And to cap it off, he left on crutches. We there are some rumors flying around, and those rumors have been, are from Burnsy. Well, no, no, no. There's there's a lot of different people talking about it. Well, uh, I just wanted to mention Burnsy for a second episode. Yeah, in room. yeah. <laughs> Burnsy is the first one I saw, and then I started doing some Twitter searches and found that a bunch of people are reporting that it, it could be ligament damage, which would be significant. And the, I mean, if it is. I'm so happy that Florian Lejeune is still with the with the club because he can provide a lot of mental help there because that's the biggest challenge is the mental Yeah, getting back strain. into it. Especially that young. I would hate for that to happen. But yeah, if it is ligament, he's not playing the rest of the season. Hope it's not, but we'll we'll obviously let you know as soon as it happens. Do you have anything on Longstaff? No, but uh his his backup, John Joe Shelby scored. So <laughs> Yeah, scores for you twenty threes. Yeah. Um. So we'll, we will not get to see Longstaff and Key or Longstaff and Shelby, but uh, it's very good to know that we have depth there. Um, yeah. And the last but, thing. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. The last thing is we have uh, on Newcastle or ComingHomeNewcastle.com. I wrote the February loan report. Some decent performances players but a lot of concerns like Elias Sorensen, Callum Roberts and Liam Gibson Jamie Sterry all who are not playing for their their clubs which is really bad um, I'm hoping March is a lot more positive but that's the biggest headline for me is just none of those guys are playing you're starting to see uh, Lazar started and was like playing very well for Wednesday played 36 minutes got carted off so Lazar might also be done. Um, and apparently, Orlando Aarons is playing very well, and the fans love him. So, Well, maybe we should just sell him there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he really doesn't have that much of a future in Newcastle, so. No. No, I don't think so either. All right, so should we get into it, Elijah? You ready to do it? Yeah. Ready like, uh, like Freddy. Yeah. So... I report I watched this match at the Crown and Anchor Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada, with one other Newcastle supporter. Um, first time we'd ever met, and it was just not a good first time to meet because 
game was over pretty early, in my opinion. Um, Newcastle lost two to nothing to West Ham. It was, you know, West Ham had most of the possession. We actually had seven more shots than them, but we only had two shots on target. So it's hard to get a lot of work done when you're doing that. Um, let's get into three words first and, and hear what you guys had to say with it. I think everybody was on the same page, right? Safe to say? Yeah. <laughs> um, did you, did, what's your, what was your like full or no, your like short recap of this match? Like what did you think? Was it just awful? It was a repeat of the last match. Oh, we had the, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, not the last match way, where we won, but... It could but they, be... It, you could be right. Like, we could have been Burnley in the last match we played. Yeah. Um, <laughs> true. Yeah, I mean, like, it was weird. I mean, it wasn't as insane as the other match where West Ham had, like, three shots on target and all three of them were goals. But it was just, like, the same kind of thing. I mean, it looked like Newcastle were really never in it. Um, yeah. And, I mean... Off the bat, I think we both kind of talked about this. Uh, they failed to kind of involve Miguel Amiron. Um, and, I mean, you know, I was kind of sugarcoating it for myself, but I got on FIFA last night, hopped on FIFA with some friends, played a little pro clubs, uh, come mess with me if you, if you bought that life. Um, and they were just, like, just taking a dump on us. Like, we basically got completely bossed by West Ham. And, uh, you know, I've just come to accept that. Like, they are a bogey team. We cannot beat them this season. We did not beat them this season, and we have a minus five goal differential against them. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we got dominated. It happened. Uh, let's hear about these three words. Three words from me. I'm not happy. Um, okay. Rawson in America says regular service resumed. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Trevor Mooney, Iose still shite in all caps. Don at Smick Ultra says so typical Newcastle. And NUFC for life. Find him at Tune Barmy fifty nine. Perez is shy, except he left the e out. Um, yeah. So that's the three words. Let's get into the lineups. Any surprises for that? Um, Elijah, what did you think? There it was the same thing. Yeah, was, I mean, I was I was honestly a little shocked as yeah. You, that was the surprise. Yeah, it was that was the surprise. It was, it was the exact same lineup. Um, I mean, I guess you go with who's going hot, but I mean, like not having Yedlin, not having Yedlin hurt. Uh, I just like Javi Mankio reminds me of Breck Shea. Um, and <laughs> and one of the SB Nation reporters, Kimberly McCauley, tweeted this, um, and she basically alluded to the point that Breck Shea is a guy that like every five matches gets you super excited about his potential again because he has, like, a good match. Like, oh, man, this actually maybe wasn't as bad of a decision as, like, you thought it was. And then, like, the next match, he's terrible. And, like, literally, Javier Minquillo, every appearance he makes, it's, like, pretty much he'll have a good appearance, and then his next one, he's just lost in the match again. And then you got a couple more substitute appearances or whatever, and he'll make another start again. You're like, oh, okay, he didn't play terribly. And then He'll make another start, and it's like, why did we start this guy? And that's exactly what happened. I mean, he was pretty absent during the match, and you kind of, I was kind of shocked he wasn't subbed off uh, for Yedlin. So. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's get into the match. I mean, that was the biggest surprise. It was that Mankio and Yedlin stayed that way. And I actually saw – I think it was Mark Douglas that tweeted it out. 
like it's a lose-lose for Rafa because, you know, like you said, you either take the hot hand or like because they didn't play that long ago. Tuesday was the last match. Maybe you make some changes. But either way, like if either if this would have been the same result and he made some changes, then everybody would have said, oh, he should have gone with the same lineup. They were playing so well together. So it's a yeah. lose-lose for Rafa. The, I mean, but. granted, the only I think the only I think people were only mad about the Mankio thing. Like, yeah, I don't think anyone else in that lineup has given any sort of reason because okay, they've been consistent. That's the thing is like you're not going to change that back line. It's been consistently good. You're not going to change that midfield pairing because they've been consistently good. But you will probably look to change, you know, Yedlin because Yedlin for Mankio because Yedlin's been consistently pretty good and Mankio has been inconsistently good so I don't know that was just I think that was the only thing that I think Rafa got slack for in terms of selection um but yeah all righty so let's dive into it there was uh Newcastle lined up in their typical three at the back formation five at the back while defending and it unfortunately didn't take long before something bad to happen uh it was a uh, Robert Snodgrass corner and Declan Rice lost share completely and headed the ball from about five or six yards out with ease. Uh, he was completely open. And he then began by shushing Newcastle supporters behind this really, like, dumb shoulder shimmy dance thing that, like, proved – it proved that Declan Rice has literally no rhythm whatsoever, like negative rhythm. Like, yeah. So like already, that, that was, you should already remove the white goal. people. You yeah, should. like <laughs> amazing, like awful rhythm by Declan Rice. So you should never play for England ever again. Yeah, Sean Longstaff is still better than you. And um, you know, this is coming and, after the episode where we pretty much made fun of people for making the Sean Longstaff Declan Rice comparisons. Yeah, and he's Greg better. off the bat making a comparison. He's better, and Declan Rice is really Irish there. I just told you. Bam. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, he doesn't look English. He just looks white. He's, so he could be anything. He would be the second ugliest player in, at Newcastle United. Behind John Joe Shelby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's – I mean, that's true. That shoulder celebration pissed me off so much. I didn't even care about shushing us. Cause that's the I thing. More people I, were mad about the shushing, but I mean, I, I think mean, people were mad about the shushing. I think they thought it was hilarious that like, like he's literally the game. only people with that Declan Rice versus uh Sean Longstaff opinion were like, like, and someone tweeted this out was like literally like teenagers, yeah. <laughs> just like that, just to like troll. Because everyone else knows that, like, it's great to have two young midfielders. Like, no one's ever saying, like, no Americans going, oh, Tyler Adams is better than Weston McKinney. Sure, that's probably true. But ideally, you just want them playing alongside each other because you know that that's a great young midfield partnership for your national team. Um, Yeah, and Declan Rice obviously does not understand trolls and just was like, for someone so young, you'd think you'd understand social media. But nope. He doesn't, and yep. he's just in the Newcastle crowd of, like, probably 50% don't even know about Twitter. Yeah, it's bad. Well, uh, from that point, Newcastle never found their rhythm at all, um, and it was a free kick on the right-hand side in the 42nd minute that Snodgrass, once again, uh, hit it to Chicharito. He controlled the ball and headed it for the byline where Lejeune 
dove in, and it was a clear penalty. Upended Chicharito. Uh, Mark Noble, uh, he just put it in the, like, I think the top left corner, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, Dubrovka dove the right way again. He's really good at that, by the way, but the ball was above his reach. There's no way that was going to get there, and it was 2 nothing. West Ham. What do you think about the penalty? Yeah, it was a penalty. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I don't was, know what else to say. It was clear, right? Yeah, I, I mean, that's pretty much what I'm getting out of. Yeah, I mean, it, there was no and did for bust. It, it wasn't a uh, like, uh, there, there wasn't VAR needed. Um, so yeah, clear pen. Uh, <laughs> and you expect you expect the guy to bury it every time, and I mean, he did. Um, but yeah, you're right. Dubrovka has guessed right on like all the penalty. Uh, like uh, all the PKs against Newcastle this season, so just just food for thought. Uh, Dubrovka PK specialist. Yeah. Well, he, he hasn't saved any of them, so so no. he's just like yeah. <laughs> like maybe you just like have Dubrovka radio in to like Carl Garlow <laughs> or something. Ear Pierce. Ear, ear <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. Pierce. We don't. Need yeah. That. Guess right. Guess right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and that's essentially it. I mean, Newcastle had two shots on target and they never really threatened. I, I was, I mean, there was no notes for me, like nothing um, that I thought was like notable to mention as far as chance wise. I, I, we did, I guess I, one thing we should mention is we did switch to a four, two, three, one. Cause Rafa, like it was like the 70th minute. We switched to Rafa's original formation, the one that he's done his whole, uh, managing career with Almiron as the number 10. But Almiron would be running in the middle of the pitch. Sometime in the beginning, he was he was marked pretty closely. But after a 2-0 lead, they were playing off of him. And, and at times, and and I haven't noticed it personally, but I know you and Mirza, who's a writer on our site, has definitely mentioned that Richie just does not pass the ball to Almiron at all. Um, but we just weren't getting him the ball a lot of the time. Uh, which uh, seems odd to me. I feel like, you know, he's our he's our best player. He need you need to give him the opportunity to take over a match like this and get get something back. What's your thoughts on on that? On I'll say this: kind of uh, Miguel Amron, who is there is no secret he is kind of brought in to be this playmaker, this spark. Um, he uh, he had the least touches of any outfield player to play ninety minutes this match. Forty wow. touches. Which is, you know, usually we would we would uh, we would hammer on on a guy for that, but part of it was like he wanted to get involved, but wasn't seeing the ball. And obviously, we were a little bit biased because we take a dump on Ioze for doing the same thing. But Ioze doesn't ever look like he wants the ball. Well, yeah, and sometimes uh, Ioze is just walking around the pitch, like not even making yeah. runs at all. Yeah, and, and like, Miguel runs in the middle the with hands yeah. spread open, running oh, around, yeah. screaming at people. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and so that was that, that's the interesting thing to me, um, like, and I think the other thing, the Richie Almiron thing is is very interesting, and I'm a little shocked. I think I'm actually going to submit to the Chronicle Q and A the next time and see, like, hey, why don't you ask Rafa about the fact that Richie doesn't ever seem like he wants to give the ball up to Almiron? And I mean, it's just something that I I think. You know, it's not just me and Mirza. I mean, other people have started to notice it on Twitter, especially after last match, especially since Miguel tries his hardest, really. And you could argue, and I've talked to Greg about this, sometimes I think one frustration some Atlanta fans may have had with Mickey sometimes is that there were times where he was a little too unselfish 
and he would, you know, pass up a clear chance on goal to get another teammate a goal in what he thought was a better position. And they'd either mess it up or it would result in Joseph Martinez getting 36 goals or something uh, last season. So, I mean, there's been times this season where, you know, you've already seen it. Almiron's in a good position and decides to either, you know, get it across the box to Perez who just dinks it over or completely misses it or tries to get into Rondon or lays it off for Richie. And it's just like, I don't know, it's a player who's as unselfish as Almiron. It's it's interesting that Richie doesn't want to give him the ball because chances are you're going to probably get it back in a scoring position at some point. Yeah. Um, couple couple notes on this. Like, you know, I, I, I said to you, Elijah, I was like, I'm glad we don't do podcasts on the same day because yeah. it would be bad for business because I would definitely overreact on so many things. And, like, sitting back and thinking about this match, like, we got we had two defensive errors that, like, are pretty, like, that don't usually happen for us. Yeah, pretty abnormal. You got um, a, a – that was the set-piece goal, right? It was the first one. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, Cher just completely left right yeah. unmarked. Which um, is usually Lejeune who does that, but – yeah. And then, and then Lejeune with the bad tackle, which usually that's like a share or Diame thing or LaSalle's thing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you're you're right on. And then also it was probably the first match since the Longstaff emergence where our midfield couldn't get anything done. Like kind of got bossed around a little bit. So, I mean, I'm fine. Like if those things are going to happen every once in a while, so, like, right now, it's like, you know what? This week, we got three points this week. Yeah, and to be fair, part of that is you have to also consider the fact that um, the the midfield was outnumbered. Um, mm-hmm. Just there was a 3-2 kind of outnumbering, and Iose and Miguel didn't really come in the middle and help circulate possession. And if they did, uh, Longstaff and Hayden really didn't seem to find them all that well. So it was very interesting, um, especially coming with a – a very solid West Ham midfield with Mark Noble, Lanzini, and Declan Rice. Uh, and then, I mean, out wide, you have Felipe Anderson and Snodgrass. But that's beyond. That's beside the point. It's They, they came up against a, a solid midfield, and, you know, and at the end of the day, they were kind of outnumbered in the midfield, and West Ham kind of took advantage of that and played through the middle of the pitch a lot and kind of tried to force uh, Newcastle players to come out of position in order to help defend. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I guess it kind of worked. They won, but... Yeah. I mean, good good for them. Good for them. Uh, going on the quotes, Rafa said, we have plenty of time to recover from the last game, but what we did was t- make too many mistakes in terms of concentration. At the beginning, we had to do things in a different way. We didn't do it. And then after we conceded two goals that we could have avoided, and then we were under pressure because we put ourselves under pressure. That's it. <clears throat> um, he said on the Longstaff injury or – he was asked about the long staff injury, but he really only commented about our depth. He said, we'll see how they compete and train all of them. He's talking about Shelby, Key, and Diame. He goes, and after we will decide, obviously, to play 60 minutes was important for Shelby. Talking about the U23 match. And the idea was to improve his match fitness, which hopefully it has done. At the beginning of the season, we were playing with Diame and Jonjo. So we have different options. Now we have Key, Mo, Jonjo ready, along with Hayden. Hopefully Longstaff will be fine, but if he's injured, we have the bodies to at least compete between them and see if we can at the very least keep the same level. That's what Rafa said. Want to get in the stats? 
Is that a yes? Of course oh, I, th- I thought you were saying you were going to get in the oh. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, pretty much. I just added that a question. Is, on that's Instagram. what's next on the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the agenda. <laughs> um, West Ham had their first league double over Newcastle since 1998-99 season. And it's kind of weird about that season because Newcastle lost to West Ham 3-0 at home and lost 2-0 in London. So exactly the same as this year. And it was just a mere 20 years ago. So that's odd. I just thought that was like Twilight Zone stuff. Um, so it was the first time that Newcastle have ever be- been beaten at London Stadium. Fun fact there. And that's 75 defeats in London. We've mm. lost 17 to Arsenal, 17 to Chelsea, 14 to Spurs, 9 to Fulham, 9 to West Ham. Three to Charlton Athletic, three to Wimbledon, two to QPR, and one to Crystal Palace. We've only lost once to Crystal Palace in London. That is interesting. Yeah. And I know some people were mentioning like their superstitions. So we usually with that with our home kit we wear white socks, but because of a color clash. Black socks. Yeah. So that could be it. We can blame it on the socks. But I'm fine with that. I, wait, I don't understand. What what does that have to do with anything? I was just I mean, that's no, I'm a, talking about the, the socks. I, I'm not sure what you mean. Like you said, because the, like we had to wear black socks, and why couldn't we wear white socks? Um, I, I, they said because of a color clash. That's that all I know. Like a pretty stupid thing. I'm pretty sure in other leagues it doesn't matter. I don't yeah. know. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't really get that either. Yeah, let's... Uh, Premier League, I know you're listening to this podcast. Do better. Yeah, please, right. guys. I mean, it's getting ridiculous at this point. Yeah. First, first, you need VAR. And then fix the socks. Actually, fix the socks first. And then <laughs> hit VAR after that. Yeah. It's what the people want. It's what we want. Um, going to 538, our relegation percentage stayed the same at 2%. So looking really good there. Uh, we did drop a point in their projected uh, end of the year standing, so they're saying we'll get 41 by the end of the season. Is their projections, which would be 20 points higher than Huddersfield? Crazy. Um, and that 41 points would put us nine points clear of, of relegation. Right now, the relegated clubs are Cardiff, Fulham, and Huddersfield. Um, so 538 still says that we're going to be pretty safe in comparison to that. And there's still a chance that we can qualify for the Champions League. So, in case anybody... Yeah. Less than there's a 1% a chance, but it's it's possible still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so, one thing that I saw that I really wanted to, to mention, this is, this is from uh, NUFC.com. Uh, sometimes they have some good match reviews and stuff, and I go on there and I found this, well, their author wrote this about his experience at London Stadium. Um, and I, it, it's definitely worth mentioning before we get into best and worst player. So I'll just read this little blurb that, that they wrote. It said, if the excess use of the bubble blowing machines and the accompanying song have started to grate on us just at, uh, after two visits, the locals must well be truly sick of the gimmick. As commented last year, this is anything but a showpiece stadium and barely a football ground at all. 
It might look nice from the outside, but never has so much money been spent on something to look so unimpressive. There doesn't appear to be a good view in the place, and the only positive thing about the design of the way end is that the wind blows blows through and may help disperse the clouds of cigarette smoke and from illegal tavers in the toilets. Um, the stewarding inside the stadium we encountered was both ignorant and inefficient in equal measure. We have no confidence that an incident or alert would have been competently dealt with. <laughs> and like that was completely unprompted because they were doing a match review and then just that blurb is in there. Yeah, just, just, just felt the need to voice. Tell us how you really feel. And I was just like, man, way to trash them. I loved it. And I will say this. I've been in London Stadium. Same. Um, yes. And I have to agree. I wasn't that impressed. Yeah, like, it's kind of a just, eh, whatever. Yeah, like, I feel like if you're going to, I don't know. I mean, I, it's cool. Good for you, West Ham. You I, have I went to London Stadium for a, for the Olympics, though, so, so. All right, calm down, Chief. I went there when it was, like, boring and not the Olympics. And just, like, <laughs> West Ham played. They my, had, like, first, was, yeah. my first, like, 30 minutes inside Olympic Stadium was a Usain Bolt qualifier. Uh, race and I watched him drop jog to victory. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. I was like, "Wow!" He just literally just took a like an afternoon jog and beat everybody in the qualifying heat. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, but that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah, but to to his point, London Stadium's a bit overrated. The bubble thing is 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 really funny. How <laughs> how like because I I think it's stupid, but people are like legitimately mad about it online they're just like f these bubble blowing people they're stupid but i'm like dude like i get it but it's not that serious fam it's just like let them do them everyone's making fun of them it's funny um and if they haven't gotten the message that it's pretty dumb and everyone thinks that it's stupid and everyone hates it maybe eventually they'll get it but for now don't don't get your panties in a twat in in a twist over it because it's not it's not a big deal like it doesn't affect your personal life no um, Elijah, who is your worst player? Oh, okay. Um, <sighs> I think I'm going to go with Fabian Cher. Oh, good one. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could kind of pick your poison of the back line. Uh, it wasn't that they were bad, but it's just like, I think they weren't at their best. Um, and you, they literally, two of them were the reasons that, uh, goals happened, and Cher was one of them. And, and then, furthermore, Cher, uh, he didn't seem as – he seemed like he was kind of forced his involvement in the attack uh, rather than, you know, just kind of free-flowing and being a part of the attack. Um, it, it was just odd. I just didn't think he had a great game. Um, I mean, in, into that list, you could I probably add Matt Ritchie as well. Um, and, obviously, Florian Lejeune. But I don't want to take all yours. No, no. Actually, my mine will probably surprise you. Okay. Um, my worst player is Dubrovka. Oh. Uh, I know, his, you know, his goals weren't necessarily his fault. I think both goals weren't. I mean, you can't blame a penalty on the goalie, and then an unmarked free header in the box isn't. You can't blame that on the goalie either. But his di- distribution was like, like notoriously awful. Dude, match. commentators curse. Because one guy, at, I think I remember at the beginning of the match, someone said, like, one of the commentators said Dubrovka, one of, one of his underrated calls is his distribution. Yeah. And then, like, after that, he was just terrible. 
<laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it was very awful, in my opinion. Um, and I, so I, I, it was between him and Cher. And Cher had some decent moments. And two shots, I mean, he almost scored, I think. Yeah, he did. Um, like, it was close, at least. <laughs> there, um, there was one that was close, and there was one that was just not close. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's just pulling the trigger, and I, I let him. But I kind of gave, like, people, like, a one, two, or three rating, like, ones being awful, twos being average, and three being good. There was a lot of ones. Like, I gave a one to Sean Longstaff. I gave a one to LaSalle's and Dubrovka and Lejeune, Perez. But I think the the distribution really – because uh, as a team with us building from the back, like, our distribution – Dubrovka's distribution has to be on point because that's how we build our attacks when we're not countering. So I think that was essential to why we lost because it just wasn't working for him. Um, so I will say on – I'll start with best player and you can end with that. Okay. Um, so I gave, I gave three threes in my one, two, three. Okay. <laughs> this might be a new thing for me. It, it was easier to break it down. So my three threes were Almiron, Diame, and Rondon. Okay. Um, but I'm, my best player is Rondon. Okay. So Rondon had more than double any shots, and he had the only two shots on target. <laughs> he like was doing pretty good to hold up play. There was a couple times where he had two defenders on his back and kept the ball and was able to pass it to somebody. And I just think it was a, just a vintage performance from him. Where, like, he obviously there's no goal, but he was doing everything that we've ever asked of him or Rafa ever asked of him. It's like, be great in the air, be great holding up the play, and, and get your shots in when you can. I just think it was a, it was a good performance from him, and I'm going to give him a good shot for that. Yeah. Um, uh, I think Diame, uh, he, was, he was very popular, uh, I think, he came on for the 45 and he was instantly energetic, trying to make things happen. He did pass the ball out of bounds once. I'm pretty sure he did. I might be getting to the point where like, that's just something I expect of him. So I just say that he doesn't <laughs> It's probably not even true anymore. You know, what? I need to look at that too. Cause like, you know, we mentioned my hatred for Perez. Like if, if Perez just passes it out of bounds, I'd lose my mind. Yeah. But like, I can't remember Rondon really doing it that often. So I'm going to keep an eye on that now. I'm going to make it. Oh, yeah. No, because I, I, like, literally fully expect Diame to. So I pay way more <laughs> attention so to every definitely... pass he makes. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't do this for any other player. Like, I, it's literally just him because, like, because I noticed it, like, two or three games in a row. And I was like, oh, this is just his thing. So I'm just going to make sure that, you know, he keeps doing this. But anyway, I, I mean, he was great. Uh, he came on. He was super energetic. Um, he super uh, – um, how do I put this? Uh, he tried to be influential, um, which is interesting. And it was interesting to see him alongside Hayden. Um, and I think that was a really odd partnership that kind of worked. I don't really know. Um, but it should be interesting to see if, uh, if Hayden plays uh, next match. And nothing against him, but it's like I think that if, uh, if you're given the option of having Diame, Shelby, Key, and Hayden, you might go Shelby and Diame since they've already played together and it was a decent partnership. Um, but, yeah, I think that was my best player. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I it, think the credit is definitely due. I know um, the, I was looking at the Bleacher Report, and they have a fan 
man of the match vote and and Yame won it. And I was like, that's crazy. That's pretty impressive for somebody that only played forty five minutes. So yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to see if if it, I, don't, I would be interested to see what would have happened if he played the full ninety. I don't think he would have gotten man of the match because I think part of the reason he was so effective was because he was able to go a hundred percent through the full forty five minutes that he's out there. Um, yeah, he might be another like what we say for Perez. Yeah. He could be better off the bench. Um, yeah. He, like, but, you know, ideally, I think everyone wants that super athletic N'Gola Kontik type player, and he's the closest thing we have to mm-hmm. the guy. It's just like an engine, I guess, per se. So, um, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, so uh, just looking at the, the Premier League table, we dropped a spot to 14th. Uh, Crystal Palace jumped us. We're at 31 points, minus 10 goal differential. Uh, eight wins, seven draws, 14 losses. Um, below us, we have in 15th, Brighton at 30 points, Burnley at 30 points, and then in 17th place is Southampton at 27, and then the three relegation spots. You have Cardiff at 25, Fulham at 17, and Huddersfield Town at 14. At the top, Man City has the lead by one point, 71. Liverpool second, Spurs third. Man United now fourth, and then Arsenal, and then Chelsea to round it out. Um, I think every Newcastle fan would definitely sign off if we said, hey, March 4th, you'd be in 14th place and six points clear of relegation. Would you take it now? I think everybody would say yes. Right? Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Let's get to questions. Which are sponsored to you by Fubo TV. Do you get down with Fubo? Yes, I get down with Fubo to do all my footy related stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, Fubo TV is an American over the top internet television service that focuses primarily on channels that distribute live sports, including NFL, MOB, NBA, MLS, season just started, and a lot of soccer leagues around the world. You can even watch Henri Seve's Lone Spell in Turkey if you wanted. I, I don't know what you're gaining out of that, but sure. <laughs> Actually, he just scored his first goal of the season as a number 10. Uh, yeah, so congrats to Henri Seve. Um, you can also watch news, television series, movies, A&E, desktop, iOS, Android, Roku any of those devices, stream live. Uh, all you have to do is just click the link on cominghomenewcastle.com on any of the podcast episodes that we have out, uh, and then you will enjoy it. I promise. There's a free yeah. trial going on right now, so you're going to okay. want Good? But make sure you use our link, though. That's Yeah, use our that's, link. That's, that's what you need right there. Yeah, that's going to be the life. All right, so we have one question. It's okay. I have questions for you. Okay. What's that? Um, oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, why not? Okay, cool. All right. So, um, right now, uh, we there's an obvious hole in the club, um, and it's a deep hole that we need to fill, and it's basically that we don't have a bad boy anymore. Without Alexander Mitrovic, we don't have a bad boy. We don't have that figure that's just like, couldn't Shelby oh, yeah. be the bad boy? 
Well, I mean, Shelby hasn't played enough this season to be the bad boy. Okay. And, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll throw him in the ring. So you have three guys. Um, and I'll give you the first two guys um, are interesting. You got Fabian Scher, who leads the team in yellow cards with nine yellow okay. cards. And Matt Ritchie has eight yellow cards. And then John Joe Shelby. Okay. And, you know, I think you can make an argument for all three. Uh, Matt Ritchie always seems tough nose, and he started off the season with a viral clip of him cursing, um, which was hilarious. And then you got Cher, who's now got the scruffy beard look and looks like he owns a Harley Davidson and rides it around <laughs> Nevada. Um, and then you got John Joe Shelby, who literally looks like Voldemort. Yeah. So out of those three, who is the new bad boy now that Mitrovic's gone? Man. All right. So I'm, I'm going to eliminate Richie. Okay. Just simply because of his hair. All right. That's fair. That's a very fair point. Um, huh. All right. So Cher has this kind of like um, – so John, John Joe will just walk up to you and slit your throat type of, that's true. Type of mindset. Cher, like, he's like pretends he doesn't care enough. And then still beats the crap out of you, like when you approach him. Yes. So, <laughs> um, this is hard. All right, I think I'm just going to stick with my original Shelby. Okay, um, I'm going to go share because that's just funner to, <laughs> to think about. Yeah. All right, and then here's one more question for you. It's a bit more serious, and it's actually something I that I have a question prepared for you. Well, no, it's fine. I think of this stuff on the fly, dude. This is that's that's my thing. All right, yeah. you plan things out, and I'm just like yeah, show up true. with just and just like appear, and stuff <laughs> happens, and I open my mouth and words come out. Um, so we we got joint leaders for assists this season. Um, with Matt Ritchie with four assists makes sense. He's a winger slash wingback. Um, four assists isn't impressive, but Newcastle don't really score a lot of goals. And then Solomon Rondon also four assists. Yeah. Do you think Miguel Almiron will finish with more assists than uh, Rondon or, or Richie? Oh, that's a good question. I think – all right, so let me – I'll answer it two ways. I think that Miguel Almiron will finish the season with more than four assists. Okay. However, I think Salomon Rondon will lead the club with goals and assists this season. Interesting. I think that Salman Rondon's going to slow down in terms of assists because I think that the way we've, we're playing now is going to lead to more box, more balls being swung in towards him and him not having to do as much. But then again, he also still, like, he's very unselfish, like Miguel, which I think that's the issue is that you want one of them to be a little selfish um, because, like, he'll play these through balls and stuff to, like, Iose or Miguel. So it, it's interesting. I ultimately do think – I think Miguel will finish around – Six, maybe I think seven, eight assists is the ceiling. I, if he gets ten assists within the next however many games we have left, then oh, yeah, that's wow, insane. that's insane. I think um, we'll finish but, over four. Simply, I mean, look at our schedule, remaining schedule. I think you got to feel a little bit confident about that. I think he'll finish with six assists, and I think that Rondon will have probably like two more assists. And I think Richie might have. If Richie learns the past of Lana Miguel, he'll have. You know, maybe he could have eight assists, but I don't know if he will. So I can't, I can't say Richie's going to have any more assists. Um, Miguel also has the, the, uh, the distinction of now being taking over the, the corner duties 
and uh, and some of the set piece duties um, from oh. Matt Ritchie. So he's got that going for him as well. I so. wanted Miguel to take that free kick right outside the box so bad, but then Rondon proved me wrong by hitting the post. Yeah, he's, oh Miguel Miguel only has like a couple free kick goals to his name. They're beauty, so. Um, but they are freaking gorgeous. But I've seen him sky a ton of free kicks as well. Yeah, true. I've seen him sky a ton. Um, but yeah. But anyway. So. That's, uh, that's, so what? What do you got from our, our official questionnaire? Yeah, from the official questionnaire, Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney twelve. He says, "Which one is the best way to describe how useless Iosi Perez is?" One, a poopy flavored lollipop. Two, unsweet tea. Oh. And three, the Kardashians without plastic surgery. Okay, I'm going to say this. The Kardashians without plastic surgery probably aren't unattractive. Like, they probably are still attractive. You think? I'm going to... Probably. I don't know. I haven't looked it up. Yeah. I'm going to look it up right now. Kim Kardashian, no plastic surgery. Yeah. Let's let's see what's going on with that. Um, it's like... It's, have this is seen... how we demonetize our podcast, by the way. Yeah. Have you seen the Nicki Minaj before famous pictures? Because that's interesting. Yeah. Kim Kim was not that unattractive, dude. She more or less got her nose fixed and then just learned how to wear makeup. But <laughs> okay. So I mean, yeah. I I I'm not I don't really care about the other ones. I don't actually know any of their names. There's Chloe, right? Yeah. And Courtney. Yep. Oh, wait, I know all of them, and Kylie and Kendall. All right. Yep. <laughs> I figured it out. Kendall like, dating uh, Ben Simmons. But yeah. People, people forget. People don't care, actually, is what it is. But um, I think I'd have to go with unsweet tea because that is literally the worst thing in the world is when you go into a restaurant, you ask for sweet tea, and they uh, give you unsweet tea. It is probably, like, a top five worst thing that could happen to you. Oh, man. I mean, that was mine, but I'm going to pick Poopy Flavored Lollipop. Okay. Because, like, I don't even want to try it. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Yeah, <laughs> that's true. If you came across something that was Poopy Flavored, you wouldn't even, like, think about trying it. Yeah, and that's how I feel about Perez sometimes. But honestly, yeah. all right, so that's... The unsweet tea is, is actually the answer. Because you wouldn't start with unsweet tea. But if you're yeah. like dying of thirst and the only thing available was unsweet tea, then you drink it. And yeah. that's how I feel about Ixy Perez. Yeah, like if you're starved of hunger, I don't know if you really are going to – like I'd rather eat grass than eat a poopy flavored volume. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and All there's right. no nutrition from grass. I mean there's no nutrition from unsweet tea either, but that's not the point. And there's probably not much nutrition for poopy flavored lollipops. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes. Do you have anything else? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, just this is not related to Newcastle, but special shout out to all my my boys at Q Soccer who are playing in MLS now. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. My boys Kamal and Miles both started for their respective teams, and my boy Tejan and Mo they were both on the bench for their respective teams. So shout out to the MLS. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Congrats. I mean, I'm hoping that that results in some free tickets. Um. I mean, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I, maybe from Mo. Mo and I talk pretty frequently still. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is that MLS is here, um, which means that if you're American, you're going to enjoy this podcast a little bit more because we'll just sprinkle in some MLS stuff in there yeah. uh, every now and then. Um, but yeah, 
There we go. Well, that Golf's concludes... about to happen. Huh? Golf. That's happening soon as well. It's happening now. Oh, I, I don't really know anything about golf. Congrats to um, UGA for having another golfer win a major tournament or a tournament. Yeah. Um, just continuously. At this point, there's more UGA. There, it's, it's like you have – if the Vegas odds came out, will a UGA golfer – it's like you place a bet and it's like it's uh, – You would win funny. No, which happens first. A UGA golfer wins a major championship or a UGA wins a national championship. And you take that UGA golfer wins the major championship. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Keith Mitchell won. Yeah. There's a lot of good one. There's a lot of good UGA golfers. And there's more chances for them to win majors than for Georgia to win a national championship. Yeah. You only get one shot every year. That's it. Well, now we should really probably end this. <laughs> yeah. We're, We've we're definitely the gotten off the rails, but that's fine. When that's we're on the golf, it's time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that concludes episode 46 of CHN Radio. Make sure to give us a follow at CHN underscore radio. Follow myself and Elijah. Our Twitter handles are literally in the bio of CHN Radio. And go check out our website, cominghomenewcastle.com. Got a lot of good stuff coming out for you. Uh, every week so enjoy that we will be with you later this week to preview our match against Everton and until then everybody we love you thanks for listening and boy glad
straight into Blade and Poon. The bellman he was carrying there, they called him Jackie Broom. I saw him talking to some chaps, and then he was persuading to Gamsey, Jordy, Ridley, Sean, the mechanics howl at Bladen. Coffee Johnny had a white hat on, they yelled, we stole the cuddy. There were spice dolls and monkey shows and they had selling ciders. And a chap with a hat and he's owned a boat, you're a normal ads for riders. Oh, no. 